So Charlie Legacy is uh, not just about, to me anymore, having that business so that someone has an opportunity to come run it from the family. It's really changed. It's about what is it that you wanted to, what, what legacy do you want your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren to have from it? Welcome to the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of the book, The Power of Respect in Business. Charlie is one of America's foremost authorities on respect and leadership development. And now, here's Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie Likewise. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Respect podcast. Today, we are talking about creating a legacy in family business. My guest today is Walter Davis. Walter is founding member of Peachtree Providence Partners Holding Company, an Atlanta, Georgia-based private investment and consulting firm. Walter has significant experience not only in his business, but also as an advisor to a number of other businesses and organizations. He currently serves as a trustee on the Darla Moore School of Business Partnership Foundation at the University of South Carolina. He also serves on the advisory board for Axum Capital Partners, the board of directors for HUB Corporation, and the Board of Directors for Institute Capital. Please welcome Mr. Walter Davis. Great to see you again, Walter. Hey, Charlie. Good to see you as always. Thank you. So, you know, we're talking about legacy and the components of that based, you know, your experience is really what we're looking for because we know you have a, a wide base of experience in this area, having your own business. If legacy is making decisions for the benefit of future generations. How do you how do you look at legacy or how does that work relative to you and your family? So, you know, legacy is important to me and I'll start back with my grandfather um, because I see him as the person who really taught me what culture and family and family business is all about. Uh, my grandfather owned three businesses um, during his lifetime that I know of. Um, grocery store, gas station, cemetery. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about kind of how all of that's evolved later one of the business still exists. Um, but as it relates specifically to legacy, um, you know, legacy is how you want people to remember you uh, sometimes or how you want people to remember your business. And I think of that from a cultural standpoint. Um, the reason I talk about my grandfather is that one of the things he instilled in us was a culture of hard work, persistence, etc. And over the years, um, as I've loaned money to family-owned businesses, invested in family-owned businesses, one of the things that I really focus on is the culture and what legacy is the founder or the next generation really trying to leave going forward. And you know, my, my thoughts on that have evolved, uh, quite frankly, over time. Uh, I used to think about it in a way such that you know, this business is something that will continue down the line uh, in the family, hopefully, and for generations to come. And it's an opportunity for family members to be able to galvanize around um, a business or, or a way to create wealth. Um, it's changed. Uh, my, my thoughts have changed as I've watched sort of an evolution of the people around me. You know, I've got some really good friends who own businesses. And one of the things that I've talked to them about is 
okay, have you prepared that next generation? Because this is kind of your legacy. And interestingly enough, um, there's several of them who say, you know what, my children don't want anything to do with this business. Uh, there are others who say, you know, my children really want something to do with it, but they're not prepared to take over. So now it's, okay, I've got to make a different decision because I did create this for legacy purposes. And so the legacy purpose might not be having something for them to run. It might be something for them to continue to create wealth uh, with and have other people to run it because I worked hard and I want to see this thing continue to live on. So Charlie, legacy is uh, not just about to me anymore having that business so that someone has an opportunity to come run it from the family. It's really changed. It's about what is it that you wanted to, what, what legacy do you want your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren to have from it? It could be creation of wealth. It could be name. It could be any of a number of things now. It doesn't have to be running it. No, that's, that's so true and an important point. Uh, it could be a number of things. The, the wealth created from the initial organization could be pivoted or repurposed to a much broader picture maybe even individually to members of the family who want to go in certain different directions. Um, so as you think about uh, your, your grandfather and, and how that worked and how did, how did he treat subsequent uh, generations? Was there anything remotely like generational engagement or, or plan to let members of the family understand what the business is, what it did for the communities it was in, what it did for the associates that worked there, anything along those lines? Yeah, yeah. You know, my grandfather was an interesting person. Um, first couple of businesses he had, uh, my grandfather worked 40 hours a week for the same company. And he created those businesses for his family members to have employment, which is an interesting perspective. Um, and, you know, it was sort of, uh, it's one that, you know, you see from immigrants, although my family weren't uh, willing immigrants in this country. Um, it's one that you see a lot of, but I look back on my grandfather and sort of, he was a man ahead of his time in doing that. And he said, look, you know, I need to make sure that uh, my family members have a place to work um, and certain freedoms that, you know, come with that by me owning them. And so he was able to do that. He He engaged his family that way. And you know, the one business I talk about that the family still owns. Um, my grandfather was regimented, let me say it this way, and he believed in sort of the board meeting and you have the management meeting without calling it that. Uh, and uh, and so it was an opportunity to get the family together or the, the immediate family together. Uh, to really talk about what was going on in the business, who was able to do what, and how anyone could help, etc. And um, I look back on it now as more bonding time than anything else. Uh, uh, family, you know, family business is an interesting um, little place to, a little playground, I'll say. Uh, in, in business, you get a chance to choose your partners, you get a chance to choose other people who work with you. In a family-owned business, all of that's chosen for you. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, oh. So, so there is no dynamic of looking at what your strengths are and what my strengths are and what my needs are and what yours are. That's kind of here's what you have, and right. uh, and so, but but it's no different than a business where you know you need to build team. There's team building that's needed. Um, there's camaraderie that's needed. 
uh, because, you know, everyone showed up, not because uh, willingly, because they were asked to, but they showed up because they were part of the family. And so my granddad was, he was ahead of his time in that way. And when I graduated from college, uh, I went to work immediately in banking. And, uh, but what I always knew I wanted to do was own a business uh, because he had taught me that, uh, get a good education and own your own business at some point. Uh, but ahead of me, he had three sons um, that were the next generation behind him. And so my way of thinking about business was probably a little bit different than their way of thinking about business. And so you run into the dynamic of, you know, you guys have earned the right to be able to run it exactly like you want to because you're the next generation. So when you talk about the generational piece, Charlie, um, and for me, I, I dabbled a little bit for a while um, while working at the bank, just making sure, you know, um, I could add any expertise that I could. But eventually, um, I became 100% passive uh, in that business. And so, um, and so I still am 100% passive in that business. But seeing how my grandfather orchestrated it from the very beginning, seeing how his son took it the way they wanted to, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Um, but I think that generational piece is important. Whether I own that business or not, or run that business or not, all the things that I learned, I've taken over into my business ownership that I have. And it, it was learning moments um, that I, I have to tell you just um, are hard to replicate. And it's uh, how you treat people, even though you weren't you didn't choose them to be sitting at the table beside you. And so that has carried over with me. So from a generational standpoint, I hope that, you know, my job is to keep the culture going in the family uh, with my daughters. And so one of which who works for me uh, now, but uh, to really keep it going for generations, there's something he started. Uh, so a sense of camaraderie among family. Right. And no doubt about that. And and one part of the glue that holds that together is the is the word near and dear to my heart called respect. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure that yeah. people understand whether you agree or disagree with them, there's an element of respect involved. So I assume that's that's what you're seeing in in terms of how you operate and in terms of some of the challenges you face in your family business. Oh yeah. Even in, in the family business and and the business that uh, I have with my partners. Um all of that is you, you, you talk about respect. Um, you know, we we have all of us have consultants come in, and our businesses have consultants come in, etc. And there's one that really sticks with me that the guy when um, we were doing my disc, I guess it's called or whatever, um, and my behavior's dominant. Uh, imagine that. But um, he said, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm with you, right? I'm right there with you." <laughs> you know. And so, but it, but it really lets you reflect upon yourself and how, and how you see others. And so um, I've learned over time, especially in big corporate America that I came out of as well as how to respect others' opinions, others' thoughts, um, others' beliefs, uh, even though they might not be the same as mine, it's a matter of respecting them. Um, don't have to adopt them. To respect them. Uh, similarly, with family members, with members in the business, you know what? Uh, we might disagree, but I'm always going to respect you as long as you respect me. 
And this consultant said, you know, it's about the go not the golden rule, but the platinum rule. And he said, the golden rule is doing to others as you would have them do unto you. He said, the platinum rule is doing to others as you would, they would have you do unto them, which is a little bit different. You know, you might not want to be treated the way I want to be treated. Um, you know, there's a difference there. And so that just remembering that as I go through life every day, even in my marriage, I have to remember it's like, eh, it's not necessarily the way I want to be treated. It's the way you want to be treated. And so it happens in life all around us. And so I, I, I still use that little rule all the time. And so I have to get to know people, have to make, know what they like, what they want, how they want it not necessarily making it what I want, how I would want to be treated. So that's just a little nugget for me. That's great. That's really helpful in that respect category. That's great. And, and that, that platinum rule requires a communication strategy that doesn't come to us naturally as humans, I don't think. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> I think it you're takes you know, listening right. skills and other things that go with that as well. Yeah, yeah. They, it really does. And so, you know, listening is one of those unique qualities that, um, that, that a lot of people sometimes miss. Uh, I know my pastor says, are you listening versus did you hear me? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I heard what you said. No, no, no. Were you listening? And so, uh, and so you're exactly right about that, Charlie. <laughs> Uh, no, I understand that completely. So you mentioned earlier about you, you know, you make investments in businesses, or you've been on boards, uh, clearly of businesses, say more about what you're looking for there in terms of, of their cultural development, which I think the bedrock starts with some family values of some sort. How do, how do you look for that when you're trying to assess that with, with a potential customer to invest into um, or in 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 the, in the case of having actually an equity stake in that business, you know, um, great question, Charlie. Over the years, you know, I started my career in banking, and I was a commercial banker, and a lot of what I did was make loans to family-owned businesses. You know, one of the things people forget in this country is that every big business used to be a small business at some point. Um, don't care what you look at. And so as I sort of migrated up um, the chain as it relates to the size businesses, one of the things that I always kept in mind was those small family owned businesses that I would um, take my time, due diligence on, and really figure out what is it that's going to make a difference. Sometimes it's not in the numbers. You know, the numbers are the numbers are what they are. But it's who's running the business, who's next in line, is this a second generation, third generation business? Because you've heard all, a lot of the stats and I don't know them that run true that, you know what, the second generation is not gonna work as hard as the first generation and so on down the line. Um, that's, 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 that is the case, I've seen that. And so part of what I look at is the longevity of whoever's in charge right now um, and what type of culture they're creating within the business. I talked about culture before. Culture is everything in any business. The wrong culture can kill you. The right culture, you can overcome the numbers or the environment, or if the head, if you've got headwinds, macroeconomic headwinds, you can overcome that when you've got the right culture of sort of making sure that that respect is there that you talk about. Number two is the fundamentals of knowing what, you know, do these guys really know 
the business itself and how this business makes money. Before I made a loan, before I invest, I want to know that you understand how your business makes money because at the end of the day, I'm a capitalist. Um, and so there are a lot of charitable organizations out there that might be willing to give you money. That one's not over on this side of the tracks. Right. So, right. so, so, you know, I, know, I have to know that you understand the pieces of how to make a business, it's not just something you showed up to because dad owns it or mom started it. And I get to go play golf three or four times a week and I get to show up every now and then. And, you know, I get to go slap a few backs and bring a little business in. That's only going to go so far once you take over the business, unless unless you've uh, been smart enough to say, you know what, I know what I don't know. So I'm going to go hire all the people that I need to hire so that I can continue to do what I like to do to have fun. But in those initial stages, you need somebody who's serious. I look for folks who are really serious about the business, um, folks who say, hey, you know, I want to expand um, my business, because if you're running in place, and it's a hobby for you and it's a lifestyle i think that's cool and that's great but that's not for me and the precious capital that i've always been a fiduciary of over the last 30 plus years including my own right you know the word word comes to mind as i listen to your words about the commitment what is their commitment what is their commitment to understand the business what right. is their commitment to care about the business and the people in it and what is their commitment to learn what they don't know or be willing to hire people that know things they don't know? No, it is. And, and the other word is community. You know, you have to care about the community around you, the, the people. If, if you care about what goes on um, around you, it's important. I, I, I had my community day on Friday. I went and spoke to a group of middle school students about entrepreneurship and you know, the travails of it and what it's like to lay awake and look at the ceiling at night and not know how you're going to make payroll, but you make it anyway, uh, you know, and all that. And then I went and read to a group of um, elementary school students, a group of first graders, a cool little book that I have that's called What Do You Do With an Idea? And, uh, and so it's the greatest little book and the first graders loved it. And so, um, and so for me, that whole commitment piece, commitment to the people around you, commitment to employees, but commitment to community as well. Even the little things that you talk about passing wisdom on to the next few generations, you know, I, I think about if I'd had someone like me come speak to me when I was in middle school, what difference would it have made, um, you know, in my trajectory as it relates to uh, this whole thing called capitalism. And so uh, I, I think that commitment is important, Charlie. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Commitment and community, two very important components to understand mm -hmm. when trying to create a legacy. Uh, in addition to engaging the generations which we've talked about, it's, it's understanding you know, how decisions are made. And that gets back to your cultural aspect, I think to some degree as well. The governance in a business, how, how are decisions made and, and how is there an equal voice heard before decisions are made? The diversity aspect of opinion that's heard or not heard in a business, that's gotta be an important component as you see where, what the trajectory of that business is. Yes, and diversity is important. We all talk about it, but you know, the reality of the situation is if it's a family owned business, most of the time, everyone's going to look alike um, everyone's going to come from the same type of environment. 
but everyone's going to have different experiences because the hope is that everybody had different sets of friends, different sets of networks, difference uh, in education, um, difference in thinking, whether it's broad or narrow. And so from that perspective in a family-owned business, that diversity of voice is important because again, it's just like being in a management team or a boardroom. You wanna hear what different people have to say and you, not everybody needs to be saying the same exact thing the same way. You don't have an appreciation for what you might miss or what you might not think about if you don't have that diversity uh, of thought and diversity of voice, as you say, at the table. And so a family-owned business is no different there. Um, look, at the end of the day, you can call it a democracy. I doubt if it is in most well-run family-owned businesses. Someone at the end of the day says I'm accountable. Um, but in that accountability, I'm also accountable of hearing from all those that I need to hear from different voices and a different side of the argument that might change my mind. You know, that happens to me all the time now. Um, even though I have that dominant behavior, I'm able to say, okay, let me listen to something different now, especially as my daughters get older. Um, you know, when they were younger, yeah, 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 you don't know what you're talking about, but you kind of do, but let's go through it. Now, you know, there's, there's a lot there's a lot for me to just step back and say, hmm, you know, let me take that into consideration before I make a decision. And I think any well-run family business, whoever the patriarch, matriarch, or CEO, or the person who sits at the head of the table and calls themselves accountable at the end of the day, they would do themselves very well to sit back a little bit because, you know, the world is changing, whether we like to say it or not, it is. And hearing that diverse, those diverse voices are important. Uh, no doubt. Um, and, and related to that is, how does that translate into succession planning? How does that translate into how the next generations are bought in, brought into or onto the business or how are they brought into the governance stream of making decisions, even if they're not part of the business? You know, that's a great point. Um, think about the world we live in today and two uh, public examples. Um, you've got Walmart, um, where Sam Walton, who, you know, you and I are old enough to remember Sam Walton living, some people aren't. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you look at the wealth that's been created uh, by the family and by his idea of this little dime store business and what we know as Walmart today, and the interspersement, you know, both in governance and in a passive nature, kind of how the family's there um, a little bit differently than say, take a Chick-fil-A, which is the Kathy family. You know, um, Dan and Bubba, I mean, these guys run the day-to-day. -day. And so, um, and so it, it was a family business, again, same generation, remember, you know, when sort of when it all started and it was all around there and these guys decided to pass it down differently. One decided to stay public, to be public. One decided to be private. He decided to be private because he wanted their culture and their values never to change, ever. No matter what, don't stay open on Sundays. If you have to think about it, I want you to sell the business is what he told them. And so that's wow. sort of the Kathy family legacy there. Different 
than the Walton family. Neither's right, neither's wrong, but both very different if we look at two very public models of how this whole family-owned business and passing either management or governance down changes in a different way. And I think those are two great models to study, um, you know, for any business school class or anyone such as ourselves who are looking at how this, how this whole thing can work because both are very successful yet different. Oh, that's a great point. There's more than one way to success. There's more than one roadmap. It comes with knowing yourself and your family and, and again, your customers, your associates, your communities, et cetera. That's right. So in terms of your thinking about succession planning, not that I'm trying to you know, put a foot in your back there. <laughs> your daughter, I promise your daughter didn't ask me to ask this question. <laughs> but how do you think about succession? Because again, the, the legacy part can be, as you mentioned before, the individual business you're in today or repurposing of the wealth that comes out of that to something different. You know, that is, um, so I actually talked to my daughters about this. Um, and so I don't shy away from it right now. I've got two other business partners, each of us own a third of the business, uh, the holding companies that we have, um, the holding company that we have and the various companies therein. Um, and there's a reason that I got my younger daughter, my older daughter, convinced her to come in to work with me so that she could see how small the businesses run, sort of how the sausage is made at, you know, at the lower level. One daughter is off on Wall Street um, working for a very, very, very large firm where the founder still happens to be alive. And so she gets that sense of kind of, hey, you know what, this business is a very doggone large global business founder still alive and I get to see how he has sort of put his whole thumbprint on the culture of this organization no matter who's in charge and where and so for me ultimately I'd love to see my daughters get together um, and they know that have their own business both are focused on that and uh, whether it's some part of what we're doing here in my business today or to your point whether some wealth is repurposed into making sure that there's some type of other organization where that legacy piece comes into play, but both have an entrepreneurial spirit, probably for different reasons. And both, I will give them credit, understand their strengths and their opportunities for growth. And they have a very good balance, even though both kind of one's an economics major, one's a finance major, um, they both sort of know their nuances. One's very kind of I, I, I'm very social and I want to go see everyone and I want to go talk to everyone and the others kind of, you know, I'm a little bit more laid back and I'd rather deal with the political connections and make sure I understand how politics and business intersect and make sure that that's a part of what we do going forward. So um, for me, it, it, it's a matter of, and they'll make, ultimately make the choice. All I can do is make a recommendation and give them thoughts. It's just kind of like what their majors were. I never said, here's what you go major in. Um, they made those choices themselves, but complementary. They have complementary skill sets. So my hope is that the culture that I create, no matter which, which one it is, whether it's part of this business or part of another business, that I've done something right where they say, hey, we can carry this legacy on. And so that's the way my grandfather continues to live if my daughters do that. And so that, that, that's what's in it for me. 
That's that's a great concept. The understanding how past generations live in and through the future generations, and the balance that that can provide puts them, regardless of what they choose to do, puts mm -hmm. them in a position to have the greatest chance of being successful. And that's Absolutely. what it's all about. That's exactly right. That's exactly. You know, think about it. You have children. I have children. What do you live for? Um, what do you want to see happen? You want to see their success, no matter what it is. And um, if it just happens to align with what we think and what we hope for, that's that's even better, even better. Now, to me, sometimes I tell people, I said, you know, kids are the ultimate legacy. Uh, children no. are the ultimate legacy, and it's it's not where you live or what you drive or how much money you made. But what what you've uh, what you've given to the world that helps try to make it better continuously. Oh yeah, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but I always say my children and hopefully my grandchildren are the message to the world, my message to the world that I'll never see. Right, but you'll yeah. know. <laughs> but you'll That's know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrific. Um, I really appreciate it. anything else you want to give in terms of advice relative to legacy and family businesses. Now, you know, I just say owning your own business or having a family business gives you freedom. Um, and, you know, some people don't really understand the freedom that um, you get. I can I can only imagine the freedom that the Walton family has to do what they want to do or the Kathy family has, as I gave those two examples, because in my own little world that, you know, the little bit I know that I know what freedom is in owning your own business. There's that there's that freedom to succeed and you know what freedom to fall down and get back up. And so um, failure is only when you stop trying. And so that's what that's what the business gives you and the owning your own business and the whole legacy piece. Part of that is that freedom to be able to think differently um, and to just kind of expose the next generation to things that you think they should be exposed to and they make up their own minds. Your job is just to expose them. And that for me in business is important. That's terrific advice, Walter. Thank you. And thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners are going to appreciate it as well. Charlie, it's always good to see you and always good to talk to you. Uh, I, I am, I'm starting to enjoy this a little bit now. You know, this is our second time around. So, hey, you know, maybe the third time's a charm. I'll put a little plug out there for you. Are you saying we got to stop meeting like this? <laughs> People will never, talk. Never, never. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's absolutely uh, great. You're, no, I, I do as well. Thank you. Always interesting. I want to thank Walter Davis for being with us today. And I especially want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Power of Respect. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the podcast and visit our website at expertsinhow.com. A quick reminder. If you'd like to read my book, The Power of Respect in Business, it's available on Amazon. And look for my new book coming out soon titled The Power of Legacy in Family Businesses. Thanks again for listening. And remember, respect builds trust, trust builds relationships, and relationships are the key to leadership. Thank you. This has been The Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise author of the book, The Power of Respect in Business. 
To listen to more episodes and to learn about Charlie's leadership development programs, visit his website, expertsinhow.com.